Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Amanda Reed's Becoming Sister Wives, the story of an unconventional marriage. Today we are going to be tackling chapter two. Um, This is the chapter where Cody and Janelle describe their courtship and how they got together. And I think it's interesting to kind of compare and contrast what went down between Cody and Mary and what went down between Cody and Janelle. Janelle is the second wife. Um, There are some definite, you know, definite uh, differences between uh, the courtship between the first wife and the second wife. It's, It's definitely interesting. And I'd love to hear some feedback from you guys about that. You know, additionally, uh, I learned some very interesting facts about uh, both Janelle and Janelle's family that I didn't know before. Uh, I don't know if you guys know it. You know, I stopped watching the show for a little while and I am dying to know if you knew about this. So buckle up because this one is a this is a good chapter. Very good. All right, here we go. Chapter 2. Janelle and Cody Janelle I grew up in Bountiful, Utah, and was raised in the LDS faith. My mother had met some Mormon missionaries while in college, and after she graduated, having converted to Mormonism, she moved to Utah to be with others of her faith. My father died when I was two years old, and my mother remarried, but my stepfather was not a hands-on father. He was distant and emotionally unavailable. Eventually, my mother divorced him. I knew when I got married and had children of my own that I would look for a man who would be intimately engaged in every aspect of our children's lives. One of the things instilled in you if you grow up LDS is that you are living the only true faith. Nothing else will get you to eternal exhaustion. Toward the end of high school, I met a student named Adam, with whom I was quite taken. I knew he wasn't Mormon, which meant we had no hope of being together, unless he converted. I called my grandmother and told her about the boy I had a crush on. She recognized his name and remembered that his family had at one time lived next door to her. They're in the clan, my grandmother told me. Many of my relatives are still down south, and to southerners there is only one clan, the Ku Klux Klan. I was shocked and told my grandmother so. My reaction made her laugh. They're not in that clan, my grandmother explained. They're polygamists. Until my grandmother told me this, I had no idea polygamists actually existed, let alone lived among us. I had grown up in the LDS Church of Utah, but I was unaware that there was such a thing as polygamy. I thought it was a myth or something from the early days of Mormonism, an old-fashioned tradition that had long since been abandoned. Adam was not completely committed to his fundamentalist faith and I was happy to welcome him to the LDS church. Not long after he converted, we began courting. Soon we were married in the temple, but my husband wasn't really interested in either his new faith or the branch of fundamentalism he'd been raised in. 
In fact, he had very little spiritual conviction. His family, however, fascinated me. I would tell my friends, my in-laws are polygamists. I was proud to know people in a subculture. They were a novelty. One of the reasons I was so transfixed by Adam's relatives was they were so outwardly normal. In fact, they were completely conventional and contemporary. They didn't live behind closed doors or practice any strange customs. They worked, they participated in the community, they sent their kids to local schools. My in-laws didn't dress strangely as some fundamentalist sects did. The women were strong and independent and had an equal say in family affairs with their husbands. If only I'd been as enamored with my husband as I was with his family. Unfortunately, Adam and I had problems right from the start. We weren't spiritually, emotionally, or romantically compatible. We had lived together for only six months before he moved out. Although my husband and I had separated, I remained close to his family, including Adam's sister Mary. Little did I know how close we'd eventually become. At first, I have to admit it was the novelty that drew me to them. But then I began to feel emotionally invested in them. I enjoyed their large gatherings and the complex and generous notion of family that they presented. At the time, Adam's father had four wives and too many children to count. Some were adults like my husband and some were still in elementary school. Adam's parents went out of their way to include me in their events and to make me feel welcome in their lives. Their group was close-knit and inviting. Even though I was still a member of the LDS Church, I was always welcome to attend their religious gatherings. One evening, they invited me to a fireside presentation, which is an informal spiritual get-together. My ex-husband's sister Mary was there. Since I had married her brother, I was friendly with Mary. I knew she was dating a young man, Cody Brown, with whom she was clearly smitten. Although Mary talked about Cody a great deal, I had never met him. That evening, when Cody walked into the house to join the party, the strangest feeling washed over me. I felt as if I had forgotten something and suddenly remembered it. It was a feeling of relief and recognition. But I was in the middle of a horrible divorce and I had no idea how to handle the sensation Cody's interest conjured in me. So I packed it away and made a mental note to deal with it later. My divorce was not yet finalized, so I still attended certain functions with my estranged husband. One of these was Mary and Cody's wedding. If you look at their wedding pictures, you will see me and my ex-husband in several of the photos. Cody and Mary made a wonderful couple. They were so young and so much in love. They were like teenagers, silly and goofy. At their wedding, I never imagined that one day I'd join their family. In fact, I hadn't yet considered converting to their faith. A little more than a year after my own wedding, my divorce was finalized. My husband lost touch with me and spent very little time with his family. But I, I grew closer to my former in-laws. I entered their family by marriage and stayed when the marriage was over. Cody. Even when Mary and I were newlyweds, entering the principle of plural marriage was always at the back of our minds. 
I had a sense in my heart that this was something I needed to do when I was young. I had seen older men marry women who had children by their first husbands. I didn't think that I should or could bring other people's children into my life and merge my family with someone else's. At the time, I felt that this would be disruptive to the children and uncomfortable for the ex-husband. After Mary and I were married, Janelle was often on the periphery of our lives. We both knew that Janelle had endured a rough period during her short-lived marriage, and we wanted to make sure that she remained close with Mary's family despite the divorce. We, as well as Mary's parents, were looking out for Janelle purely because we cared about her. There was never any thought in my mind, or in Mary's, of Janelle becoming a wife. Mary and I often invited Janelle out for pizza or a movie. The women had developed a friendship of their own, independent of Mary's brother. And through Mary, I got to know Janelle. Our friendship was entirely platonic, but I recognized Janelle's intelligence, and conversation always flowed easily between us. Janelle has always been career-minded. When I first met her, she worked in marketing communications, but then she, then she switched to human resources at an employment agency. I always seemed to be working transitory jobs. Mary and I were still living our carefree existence and hadn't settled on a logical career path. After Mary and I had been married for three months, I went looking for a new job. I went to the employment agency where Janelle worked. She helped me out, first with a few part-time positions and eventually with a full-time job in sales. One afternoon, I had to stop by Janelle's office to pick up a check. I passed by her desk to say hello. A quick hello turned into a long conversation. Janelle was very forthcoming about her life. She complained about the guys she was dating and how immature and unsatisfactory they were. Immediately a, immediately a thought popped into my head. Janelle should marry a guy like me! I thought I was the perfect solution to Janelle's problem. Back when I was young and arrogant, I was also naive. I thought I was everything Janelle was looking for. A few months later, Mary and I were getting ready to move to Utah from, from Utah to Wyoming to be close to my family. Mary, Janelle, and I had spent some time together and gotten to know one another even better. In fact, Mary and I were even renting Janelle's old house for a while. I wanted to see Janelle once more before we moved, her, moved away, so I invited her to lunch with me. Technically, it's inappropriate for a married man to have lunch alone with another woman. But Janelle and I were friends. There was no thought of courting, so lunch was purely platonic. But during that lunch, that same thought that I had had a few months earlier in Janelle's office crossed my mind. There was something between Janelle and me. I was a married man, so I had to be careful with my words. I tried to be as offhand as possible when I said to Janelle, Maybe you and I should consider you and me. Oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> Janelle. I completely rebuffed Cody's suggestion. I was shocked and laughed it off. After that, I didn't even give it a second thought. But when I returned to the office that afternoon, my co-workers were suspicious. They wanted to know who the cute man who had taken me who the cute man was who had taken me to lunch. I'd heard that people in the office said I was glowing, but this seems a little exaggerated. A few months after Cody and Mary had moved to Montana, Cody had told me they were going to be returning to his dad's ranch in Wyoming for the weekend, so I decided to visit as well. 
When I called my mother and told her I was going to be spending a few days with the polygamous family, she became alarmed. Unfortunately, many members of the LDS church harbor deep mistrust of polygamy. Mormons are taught from a young age that fundamentalism is backwards and sinful. I guess my mother was worried that I was going to be converted, swept away into some sort of cult and never heard it from again. Though, Although it was clear that my mom didn't want me to go to Wyoming, she knew me well enough not to tell me not to do something. Had she tried to prevent me from visiting Toady and Mary, I would have left the moment I'd hung up the phone. Ever since my mother divorced my stepfather, she had developed an independent and free spirit. She follows her own path at her own speed. So when I told her I was going to visit Mary and Cody, she told me that she, want, she was coming along for the weekend. Part of her wanted to meet a polygamous family and see what they were like, and part of her wanted to protect me from them. Well, let's just say that trip had an un unexpected development. When Cody's father, Wynne, arrived and met my mother, they had an instant chemistry. Wynne already had two wives, but he and my mum began courting, and not long after our trip to Wyoming, they were married. What? <laughs> I did. Oh my god. I had no idea. Holy shit. <clears throat> oh my god. When I returned to Utah, I began to explore the polygamous faith. There was something in the doctrines that intrigued me. All the men whom I met in this faith had character. In addition to this, I discovered that the women were amazingly strong. It became immediately apparent to me when you choose to follow a countercultural path, you have to learn to be independent. In other words, when you choose an alternative lifestyle, one that is denigrated by the public, it develops your character. You either wash out or you stand up. Once I came to this conclusion, I started to believe that there was something for me in fundamentalism. As I was investigating the faith, I, start, I started studying the doctrines and principles of Mary and Cody's group, as well as talking to a lot of members of the church. I decided to pay another visit to Mary and Cody, who were now living in Montana. When I went up to Montana, I brought the man I was seeing at the time. Despite dating a member of the LDS faith, a conventional Mormon, I couldn't suppress my interest in fundamentalism. During that visit to Montana, it progressed from a curiosity to a calling. Cody When Chanel showed up in Montana, she had a guy in tow. I knew she was hoping that a real relationship would develop between them, but I guess I was starting to wish for the opposite to happen. It may be ungenerous to say, but I hoped their relationship would fizzle. When I saw Janelle and her boyfriend, I couldn't stop wondering why she was sabotaging herself. Don't get me wrong, the boyfriend was an awesome guy. But I had a sense that Janelle and I shared a destiny. The minute I met Janelle's wife, date, I said to Mary, she's getting in her own way. She doesn't want to let herself have what she truly wants, so she's dating another guy. I'm not sure Mary quite understood what I was hinting at. I couldn't shake my spiritual awareness that Janelle and I would one day marry. I'm not sure exactly when this insight came to me. It wasn't born out of the same conventionally att romantic attraction I had to Mary. 
It was a different feeling entirely, one that had more to do with spirituality and intellectual compatibility romantic love. However, I couldn't help notice that in addition to her first-rate mind, I found her extremely attractive. Since I couldn't shake the awareness that we would share a future, I was confounded by the fact that Janelle brought a date when she came to visit. I was certain she was doing this to keep herself at a distance from me. In essence, I think she was testing both of our resolves. Janelle When I left Montana, I was inspired but confused. I was attracted to the fundamentalist Mormon religion and I was starting to think that Cody might be the right person for me. For the first time, I allowed myself the luxury of admitting that I was interested in Cody. Not in a saccharine, gushy, romantic way, but because he was emblematic of all the things that attracted me to his faith. But still, I was nervous. Converting to fundamentalism meant leaving my own faith. I needed time to think things through. I wanted to do some self-exploration. I was only 22, but already I'd been through a divorce. I wanted to get in touch with my own spirituality and my own ideals before making any major decisions. I wanted to travel to get away from familiar surroundings. Part of me wanted to buy a jeep, get a dog, and drive off to Colorado and live in the mountains. Another part wanted to explore my interest in the Native American way of life, something that fascinated me since I was a little girl. I have always been involved with Native American culture on some level, whether through reading and studying or through collecting art and artifacts. Many of my friends were involved in the Mountain Men movement. They participated in reenactments of historical Mountain Men rendezvous, including spending time in primitive housing, including teepees. They also practiced many of the crafts, such as furniture making and handiwork, typical of the early 1800s. I decided it would be a good idea to spend some time living closer to nature, as Native Americans once had. I bought a teepee and quit my job, intending to camp in my teepee for as long as I could bear it. <laughs> what? Cody's father had lots of open space on his ranch and offered to let me camp on his land. By this time, he had married my mother. I knew that if I got too cold in the teepee, I could retreat to a warm house where my mother would be waiting. I got to Wyoming in November. Cold weather had settled in a while back, and the temperatures in Wyoming are biting and unbearable. Despite this, I was determined. It was below freezing when I got my camp set up. I didn't last a single night. It was so cold that after only a few hours I was back in the house. I had quit my job in Utah, so I was free to travel up to Wyoming as much as I wanted. Cody's father is a patriarchal man, in the sense he feels it is his duty and responsibility to look after the people in his family orbit. I was one of these people. He took me under his wing and made it clear that it was intention to, his intention to find me a guy. Wynn's plan was to convince me to settle on Cody's brother, but I had other ideas. When I was growing up, there was an incredibly cool father in my neighborhood. Perhaps because my stepfather was so distant, I took notice of how closely this man connected to his kids. 
He was a lawyer, but he would ditch work to take his children skiing. It seemed to me that every moment he was home, he was involved in some activity with one of his kids. It was clear that his children were the center of his world. I remember thinking how badly I wanted a dad like that. I'd seen the way Cody interacted with children. There were always kids around the ranch, and Mary's parents' house was often filled with them. I'd seen how loving Cody was and how much fun he could be. He even made time for kids not in his own family. He was energetic and caring, always willing to get down on all fours for any game the kids dreamed up. Cody seemed like exactly the father aunt I had in mind for my kids. More than anything, I had fallen in love with the polygamous lifestyle. I loved the idea of a sisterhood, the notion of companionship, and the possibility of a family that could grow in so many different ways. I saw so much potential in polygamy. Cody was an obvious choice for me, but not because of any conventional notion of romance. I have never, ever been seen, been someone who's interested in sappy goo-goo eyes, chocolates, flowers, and sunset walks on the beach. The idea of cooing and cuddling doesn't agree with me. I'm sure there's a combination of things in my nature that makes me think this way. On the one hand, I've always been independent and happy to spend time on my own and do my own thing, so I had never felt the need to bind myself to someone on an intimate level. In addition to this, I think my early failed marriage disillusioned me somewhat, solidifying my notion of matrimony as something both, both pragmatic and practical. I wanted a strong husband who would be a wonderful father to my children. I always envisioned I'd have a large number of children. I wanted a man with whom I'd have an intellectual connection, who would be happy and willing to have long discussions with me. I wanted a companion, a friend, and if I found these things in a man, I was certain intimacy would develop from that. Even though Cody was quite young, he was the most emotionally intelligent man I knew. He was leap years ahead of all the other guys his age. He was the best guy I knew in the polygamous lifestyle I'd become infatuated with. So why wouldn't I want to marry the best guy out there? Cody after Janelle's experiment with a teepee, she visited regularly. Mary and I were living in Montana, and Janelle sometimes stayed over at our place. One evening, after the three of us had spent the day together, just as we were getting ready for bed, Janelle made an unusual request. Mary, she said, can I have a moment alone with Cody so that I can talk to him about something important? I suspected what was coming, but Janelle was going about it strangely. She was still in her cowboys and Indians phase. That night, she was dressed like a cowgirl in jeans and a khaki corduroy shirt, her hair pulled into a high ponytail. At the time, Mary and I were living in a cabin with a giant living room and two small, unpleasant bedrooms. Mary went to bed, leaving me and Janelle sitting on the junky furniture I'd picked up at a yard sale. Janelle was, Janelle was forthcoming. I think I belong in your family, she said. I was flattered and pleased, not to mention relieved. Months earlier, I had told Mary about my interest in a relationship with Janelle, but it was in more of an impromptu suggestion than a serious proposal. So it felt proper that Janelle should make, this make the official opening move. In many ways, it's more appropriate. 
After all, I was a married man. I should not be making moves on women. That would defile my relationship with Mary. Quite often in our faith, it's the woman who approaches the family she's interested in. I think people are surprised by how, how often the woman makes the opening move. If a woman finds a family to which she feels spiritually connected, typically she builds a relationship with the first wife or wives, then she will tell her father, who then speaks to the father of the husband in the family. Now Janelle didn't exactly play by the rules, but since my father had been involved in trying to find her a husband, it seemed appropriate enough. Ever since Mary and I got engaged, we had affirmed our commitment to the principle of plural marriage. There are many couples who are polygamous in belief, but live monogamously. In other words, they believe the principle, they don't live the principle, and never take other wives into their families. Mary and I did not want to be one of those couples. We both felt that we'd been called to open our family to additional wives. We'd been married for three years and had three wonderful years of monogamy. If Mary had misgivings about Janelle, she didn't voice them to me. She seemed happy enough to welcome Janelle into our home. Back then, we were still very young and didn't have the wisdom or the vocabulary to talk about our deepest emotions. So if something was troubling her, I fear she would have been unable to express it in a way I understood. Mary and I moved back to Wyoming to get ready to bring Janelle into our family. We had to find a house that was big enough for all of us. Janelle and I were officially courting, but things were moving quickly. For various reasons, courtship for second and third wives are traditionally short. The most important of these is that it's neither appropriate for a married man to be spending excessive time with a woman who is not his wife, nor is it fair to the other wives to sit at home during a long courtship. Even in comparison to most plural courtships, Janelle and mine, Janelle's and mine was particularly short. We managed to go on only one date, and it wasn't much of a date. It took place sometime after New Year's, and it was freezing cold. I had been working a 15-hour shift, so when I finally got off work, it was late. The town where Mary and I were living in Wyoming was really small. By the time I picked Janelle up, all the restaurants were closed. So we drove around in the dark. Janelle's mother had given me a ring that had been hers. I put the ring on Janelle's finger and asked her to marry me. It was more of a formality than an actual proposal. It was dark, it was late, and it was cold. Two weeks later, we got married. We had a spiritual ceremony on another bitterly cold January night. Then we went on our honeymoon. We had no plan. We just drove and drove, staying wherever we felt like stopping. Janelle. Except for that brief car ride during which Cody proposed, until our honeymoon, the only time we'd been alone was when we went out to retrieve something from the cow pen on the ranch. Although I was looking forward to finally having the freedom to be alone together, it was awkward at first. Our courtship had been chaste. We'd only shared one kiss, and it was a very innocent one. When a man is married, it's extremely inappropriate to have any physical intimacy during a courtship. During the first few days of our honeymoon, it was difficult for me to consider our relationship as a married couple. 
Even though we'd had the spiritual ceremony which committed us to each other in a newer, deeper way, I felt no closer to Cody than I had a week earlier. We had been friends, but now we had to learn how to be husband and wife. I know now that Cody and I weren't in love then, but there wasn't a moment that I didn't believe I'd made the right decision, not just about Cody, but about my new faith. When I announced my intention to convert from LDS to fundamentalism, I was challenged by many members of my family. They believed I was not just making a mistake, but committing a sin. Nevertheless, I never once wavered in my decision to accept the beliefs of my new religion. In marrying Cody, I alienated my maternal grandparents and my paternal grandmother. My sister, too, initially rebuffed me. Although it was hard for me to come to terms with my estrangement from certain members of my family, I imagined that I'd have sister wives who would, at least in part, compensate for that loss. I'm sure all of this was on my mind during my honeymoon, so I felt pressure for my marriage to succeed right from the start. However, I had no idea how to go about this. Cody and I had a deep friendship and we were completely compatible on an intellectual level. We were committed to the decision we made. Now we had to find a way to make it work. By the end of the honeymoon, we had arrived at a point where we felt safer with each other but it would be many, many years into our marriage before our true love story would begin. I didn't know when I married Cody what a struggle that first year would be. I moved into the house with him and Mary and lived in their guest room. I felt like a long-term visitor, an eternal house guest instead of a wife. Mary and Cody were still very much in love, and they had no idea how to incorporate me into their lives. I had no idea where I fit into the marriage. When we watched movies, they would sit on the couch and hold hands under a blanket, and I'd sit in my own chair. I didn't feel as if I had my own place in the house. Arguments would erupt over the smallest things, the right way to fold clothes, the right way to clean the kitchen. I felt challenged and confronted on all fronts. I lost my sense of self. I would have to learn to speak up for myself and establish my own life and status within our household. It wasn't until Cody married for the third time that things would begin to settle down in our household. Alright guys, and that was chapter two. So... I get, you know, like I said in my my little introduction to this week's episode, I learned some new things. Um, first of all, I did not realize that Janelle, uh, Janelle's mother was married to Cody's father. Somehow that completely escaped my, uh, my brain. Uh, that is fascinating. I also did not know that Janelle... <laughs> Uh, went through what she calls like a Native American phase. Uh, that is shocking to me and a little a little weird. But you know, I'm I'm glad that she spent that that night in the teepee. That seems really um, that is uh, that's interesting. That I think that's an interesting detail to know about Janelle. You know, um, I will say Cody seemed a little more. Uh, dare I say, creepy in this chapter, um, especially knowing that he wasn't in love with Janelle and he really seemed to want to be going after a second wife and to go after his first wife's uh, 
brother's ex-wife is definitely, I mean, I knew about this, but there's just, it's, it is something that is something that is really something. Um, you know, so as always, I do really welcome your feedback. Please, you know, DM me on Instagram. Don't forget to follow me on, uh, follow the podcast on Instagram at, at, uh, becoming sister wives pod. Um, you know, and as always, do not forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out big time. Um, you know, we're going to maybe be opening this up to advertisers soon. And the more that you guys can, uh, rate, review and subscribe, the better it is for me to make money off of you. Um, so again, if you have any, um, feedback, I'd love to hear it. Um, you know, you can always DM me a voice note and maybe I'll play it on the show. If you have something interesting to say, or you have a comment you'd like to make, um, a compliment, a comment about the show, about the book, whatever it is, you know, and maybe I can, I can play that on the show and we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, But until then, I hope you guys have a great, great day, and we will see you next time on Amanda Reed's Becoming Sister Wives.